Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Could You Voice. Today, we're talking with Sam Kozowski and Zara Seidler from The Daily Oz. The Daily Oz objective is to deliver digestible and punchy news. They aim to cut through the noise of mainstream media to deliver clear and concise news bites for the busy millennial. It's designed to be read in under a minute on the run as part of a weekly morning routine. You're listening to Could You Voice. We're a bit like an entree, so get a taste, learn how to learn how to consume the news, but we really want you to go do some deep, deeper reading as well. We're really happy to be the little friend in your pocket that can help you out understanding some bigger issues. consistency was key that even though we didn't see our readership growing in any meaningful way we have put out the daily Oz every single day And Sam, welcome to Coochie Voice. How are you both going today? Doing great. Thanks. How are you? <laughs> I am good. Look, I think we are all adjusting to what is the new normal, but I have to say I'm happy, I'm healthy, my family is happy and healthy, and I'm very pleased to have you both on the show today. Glad to be here. Thank you. <laughs> so now before we get into the Daily Oz, let's get a little bit of background about yourself. I know you were both educated locally in the eastern suburbs. What do you love most about being in the east? I've never left Bondi, ever. I, I was homeschooled. No, I wasn't. Um, <laughs> I grew up in South Bondi and I now, I now live in a big share house in North Bondi and I would do anything to stay in Bondi for the rest of my, you know, that's where I want to live forever. It's really just where I feel the happiest and I get to the beach at least once a day and it's a very, very special place. So you can confidently say that you very rarely cross Anzac Parade. <laughs> well, I, my girlfriend lives in Maroubra, so I get to drive through the eastern suburbs a couple of times a week. But no, I try to stick to the to the good coffee around here. <laughs> I also have spent my entire life um, in and around Bondi. And I think that what I find most special about the area is what I experienced um, working for the former member for Wentworth. And that was just that we have a remarkable community here and that there is so much diversity. There is so much skill. There is just so much to this beautiful community. And I, I love being a part of it. I have to say I agree with both of what you've said. <laughs> I I am fifth generation eastern suburbs. I'm and I have to say every day I wake up incredibly lucky that I've been raised and I get to live in such a Absolutely. beautiful part of the world. Now, let's get into it. So, can you give us a bit of background? How did the Daily Oz come to be? So Zara and I have always been those people to our friends that when they think that they need to know a little bit more about something that's going on in the world, they message us and they say, can you just tell me a bit more about what's happening in North Korea? I don't really get it. Or on election morning when they say, I don't really know who's on the ballot. Who do I vote for? And suddenly we were like, oh, we, this is a gap that we should probably address. So we basically started to streamline answering those questions into an Instagram page that we got our friends to follow. 
Um, and that was the Daily Oz. And we started that over three years ago. And we quickly noticed that there was a bit more demand for it than just with our friends. And young people have really latched onto it as a great way to understand the day's news, to have it come to them, and for it to be in a tone that they really acknowledge and appreciate. You're quite humble in the way that you're describing it. You have close to now 27,000 followers from people all across Australia. What is it about the Daily Oz, do you think, that means it has such a wide reach? I think that Sam and I often speak about the fact that the younger demographic of, of young Australians is traditionally very underserved when it comes to to news. So news has been pitched and tailored to the older generations, be that hard copy television news, but there hasn't really been a social first news option that really meets young people where they're at. And so we tried to fill that gap in the market by bringing something that was uh, very comfortable for digital natives on Instagram, on TikTok, on Facebook and meeting them where they're at. So we think that we could probably attribute 99.9% of our success to the fact that we're not telling young people to change their information habits in any way. We're meeting them where they're at. And another reason I think why we've attracted now a really strong following is that we are really humble in the way that we present the news as well. So for example, last week, we took a moment to actually explain what all these COVID-19 statistics actually mean. And how, how do they get calculated? And that's something that the mainstream news perhaps would report on, but wouldn't take a moment to actually step back and, and explain. So if our readers want to know what an interest rate is and why it matters to them, we'll take the time to explain that. We're on their level. We're learning with them. And I think that's really part of the magic. So is that what you would say separates you from other news providers? We think that... Look, there are definitely some youth-focused news providers at the moment, though we have noticed that they tend to sometimes employ a more condescending tone in that they will be delivering bachelor recaps and think that that is what young people want, when in actuality we know that young people are very hungry for that harder style of news. So that's where we've tried to come in and, and deliver, you know, the tax reform, COAG reform, the really important political and social justice issues that we know young people care about. And they're our next generation of voters. So they need to know more about it. And we don't need them to click off the social media platform that we're engaging with them on to read something longer or to pay for a subscription. What you see on social media is our full content. So, and all we're trying to do here is bring value to the platform at a time when more and more people are using it for longer periods of the day. So for Coogee Voice listeners who are not familiar with The Daily Oz, uh, The Daily Oz has top five news stories that you need to know, and that's what they publicize on social media. My question is, how do you pick the top five? So before Zara and I even get out of bed, we consume a number of news sources, both national news, local news, and international news. And that helps us formulate a picture of the day's news. And we can start to have a conversation between us as to what we think young people need to know. Now we've got four news stories and one good news story every day in the morning, and they're up by by nine o'clock. So we'll think about things like we understand if there's big international issues, but are there, is there a good balance between national and international news in our bulletin? And we'll make sure that we're covering things in the right way to give people a, a kind of ground level understanding of what's happening. 
And then it's really important for us to have our positive good story at the end to give people a little bit of hope in the morning. And then throughout the day, we'll put up explainers that touch on some of the stories and go a little deeper. So we've just put up an explainer that touches on the Victorian COVID-19 toll for today, uh, infection rate for today. And it really gives people a really great understanding of what's happening and allows them to to go off and do their own research because we're a bit like an entree. So get a taste, learn how to learn how to consume the news, but we really want you to go do some deep, deeper reading as well. A tasty, tasty entree. <laughs> yeah. Now, I think it's fair to say that it's a fairly unique time to be delivering news in our community and now to Australia as well. You've spoken about the importance of giving hope, but I guess what are the major challenges of delivering news at this time? I think that we are seeing a far more engaged community than ever before. As Sam and I have often discussed, suddenly we have friends tuning into every single one of Gladys Berejiklian's press conferences or Dan Andrews's press conferences when two, three, four months ago, they wouldn't have been able to tell you who their premier was. So we think that we're definitely dealing with a more engaged readership, which is absolutely a great thing and in no way hinders our ability to provide that news. But there's certainly a lot more questioning coming out of uh, this informed readership. And I think that's probably the biggest change we've, we've felt during COVID is that everyone's really hungry for more information because we're in this really novel, unknown period of time. People really just want to be as informed as possible. And so we've, we've definitely had to cater for, for that sort of more increased level of, of consumption by putting out more content, by perhaps skewing where and when we post to reflect, you know, the COVID numbers, the COVID breakdowns and restrictions and all sorts of things like that. There used to be a thing called the daily news cycle. It's now very much a 15-minute news cycle. And as someone, I'm quite often on the receiving end of this where you'll be talking about something and it's really topical, but literally 20 minutes later, it's gone as an issue. I think as news deliverers, you know, what are the challenges with this and how do you cut through in this type of environment? I think the flexibility of a social media-first platform allows us not to stick to any particular time of day. If, if there's news to report, we'll throw it up. And that, that frees us up to be able to be really relevant all the time. I think the way that we cut through is by not overcomplicating the news that we deliver. So if it takes three or four separate uploads at different times of the day to explain one key issue, then we'll take that time rather than bombarding the reader with information all in one go. And that's really key. You mentioned that the news cycle you know, 20 minutes later, that kind of thing. We really want our readers to spend a couple of minutes reading the Daily Oz. We often imagine that it's kind of this, the person who's on their way to a date or to a family dinner and want to quickly pick up. What and sound informed. And sound <laughs> informed. And that's and we're okay with that. We're, we're really happy to be the little friend in your pocket that can help you out understanding some bigger issues. But it's also about understanding that that's how our demographic functions. We know that young people don't have the same attention spans as perhaps older newsreaders do. So rather than basically not consuming any news at all, we're giving them a way to consume news that fits with their consumption habits. Uh, And I think that's definitely a way for us to cut through. Mm. 
I really like that. The little friend in your pocket that can help you cut through very complicated and complex things. And I, I'm just envisaging it now, a guy on a date and he has this super intelligent girl sitting across from him. And he just, <laughs> just wait one sec. <laughs> That's the goal. It's like, it's like Yeah. Well, this puts me on to my next point, changing gears a little bit. You're two young, intelligent entrepreneurs. Now, just for listeners, you don't make any money off this website at all, do you? No, no. we do not. No. So just out of curiosity, how do you balance the Daily Oz with your real jobs? I think it's uh, a really unique time to be young entrepreneurs because we have a little more flexibility working from home to cut all just the travel time even of going into the office is gone. So I think we both find that we have a little more time in our day to Mm -hmm. pursue another skill. And it's really important to be transparent with our employers and be honest about where we're at. And both of our employers have been really supportive of a little side hustle. A lot of our colleagues have things that they do on the side, whether it be a clothing line or their avid chefs. This is, this is our little hobby that we spend all of our time doing. But also for Sam and I, this, this does tend to overlap with the, the sort of domain that our, our work is in. So we aren't taking any time from our day in, in being more informed and reading the news and, and getting across the big issues. Because for me, I work in government relations. So that's part of my day anyway. And it's just about harnessing that knowledge in, in different ways. So is the idea that you can eventually commercialise the Daily Oz? Are you hoping that one of the big news outlets will come along and gobble you up and pay a lot of money to have the page? <laughs> it's really up to the young people of Australia what what happens with the Daily Oz because the, the success rides on them as much as it does on us. I would really like to see us maintain our independence for as long as we can. I think that's a really fantastic position for two young journalists to be in is to be able to set our own agendas and have the interests of the reader right up there as our main priority. There's just going to be different ways of monetizing in the media. The media is in a tricky position at the moment. Mm. So whether that means that we provide a product that we know that our readers are going to consume and that's how they financially support us. I don't think that we're going to have a lot of success getting young people to pay for something like the daily Oz. But that doesn't necessarily mean that there's not a way for us to be successfully commercial and keep our editorial independence all at once. We do see the goal being that we form a young newsroom of really talented, ambitious, engaged young people so that we're not just regurgitating what the major news outlets have told us or have been briefed out the morning of, that we can be at the press conferences. We can have young people asking the questions on behalf of a demographic that ultimately is going to be one of the hardest hit by this pandemic. And we're going to see a surge in youth unemployment and how that will affect our demographic moving on. It would be fantastic to be at the forefront of that and to really be representing, not often represented in mainstream media. So why do you think young people wouldn't pay to access the Daily Oz? I think they've tasted what free media is like in unparalleled volume. So perhaps in traditional print days in the 90s, you'd pick up a paper at a cafe and have a free read of the paper. But if you wanted that the next day, you'd have to go and buy it. 
if you hung around the same cafe reading the papers every day, you'd get some weird looks. Today, we see young people get news for free every day and we can safely assume that they've been receiving the news every day for as long as they've been reading the news. Uh, We're talking about my 16-year-old brother or my 22-year-old brother. They only know free news. Mm. So it's going to be a tough challenge to say to them, all right, that lovely news you've been receiving for a while now, now do you mind paying a couple of dollars a day for it? We, don't. we also know that young people don't pay for news. All the stats mm. that come out of every single news consumption report very much back up that claim that young people are not going to start paying for news and they haven't traditionally been paying for news. So it's about trying to find innovative ways that perhaps differ from the traditional media companies who we have seen have been crippled by you know, limited advertising and a number of other economic challenges and how do we find a new way to get around that? And that's our biggest challenge right now. Something's got to give because people will always want news. Absolutely. Yeah, but something also has to give because it's not sustainable for journalists to work for free, mm. right? It's not sustainable for people to work for free and then be able to pay for food, pay for mm. rent, pay for electricity. So there are plenty of things that eventually will have to give. Yes. And hopefully what has to give isn't the quality of use. Mm. So what advice would you give any person wanting to be an entrepreneur? I think just to start to start in some way and be okay with the fact that it might take 18 months, 24 months for it to become something bigger than a tiny family and friends led operation. We spent a long time doing the daily Oz. For the Jewish community. Just for us. (laughs) Yeah. And just for our, our parents and our housemates and that kind of thing. So, But the consistency was key. That exactly. Even though we didn't see our readership growing in any meaningful way, we have put out the Daily Oz every single day of the working week for three years. And that even when that growth wasn't apparent, we committed to it and we remained consistent. And I think that consistency has been a, a big key driver of our success in retrospect. We were on a podcast last week with two guys who interview one person a day every workday and they've committed to 10 years <laughs> yeah, wow. of, of podcasting every day. And that really reminded us that everybody on the entrepreneurial path has the same attributes of hard work and consistency. And come up against the same challenges. But there's also incredible resources that are free and available and easy to use. We do all of our graphic design ourselves. We do all of our marketing and we're not graphic designers or marketers, but we've learned all those skills. So take a dive in and don't be afraid to upskill. Correct. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, before you go, there are three tough questions we ask every guest that comes on to Coogee Voice. You have to declare what is the best beach in the eastern suburbs, <laughs> where can you get the best coffee, and where sells the best hamburgers and why. Oh, go. Okay, I'll go first. Beach, Camp Cove, 100%. <laughs> Coffee, the shop in Bondi, 100%. And burger, Bondi Tony's, because the sweet potato chips are off the market. They're amazing. <laughs> I'm going to say Beach, North Bondi. So I'm going to designate I, parts of Bondi. But they're there very, are. They're oh. very different <laughs> identities. Very different identities. There is nothing better than sitting on the grassy knoll, socially distant. <laughs> Um, and looking over that beautiful part of the world. Coffee, I'm going to say Fika, uh, a new Swedish cafe that's popped up in North Bondi. And burger, I cannot go past Little L's oh. burgers. 
my parents, uh, my parents have a date night every Thursday night. <laughs> they kind of check in with each other and see how their week is. So they're both very hard. Work. And in, in the COVID pandemic, little L's in the car has been their date yeah. night every Thursday night. And it's a fantastic burger. So you have to know, um, Little L's is probably, I think that they sell the best Portuguese hamburgers, Portuguese okay. chicken hamburgers. Um, like I'm a hamburger fiend. So <laughs> I'm, I, I go to separate burger places for separate things, but I totally resonate with your parents and Little L's. Now, before you go, if people want to learn more and sign up for your no BS news, where should they head? They should head to Instagram. Our handle is the Daily Oz AUS, and they'll find us there. If they're on TikTok, it is the same handle. That will be a younger demographic, um, but we are also giving the news on that platform. And there is also a Facebook group by the same name, and you can be a part of that too. Yeah, Sam and Zara, thank you for being on Could You Voice. Thank you. Thank for you so us. much. Now, wasn't that a fascinating chat with Sam and Zara? Now, if you'd like to sign up for The Daily Oz, head to Instagram and look at The Daily Oz. That's T-H-E-D-A-I-L-Y-A-U-S. Thanks for listening to Coogee Voice.